Good morning and welcome to Holy Thursday. We're about to celebrate one of the most unusual triduums the church has ever seen. As we enter into the liturgies of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Saturday and Easter Sunday, we'll not be gathering with our community as we have for so many years. Instead, the coronavirus has required that we be isolated, maybe with our closest family members, maybe alone. It's going to be a very unusual triduum. But let's begin this, this Holy Thursday morning by, by praying to the Lord to really bless us because we know that he's here and he's accompanying us. And we want to, we want to really feel his intimacy, his closeness in these next few days even if we can't have all of the usual experiences of the Triduum. So let's put Lent 2020 behind us. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to do so and focus on what the Lord gives us to reflect on today. Before we begin our actual meditation though, I thought it might be good to review what actually happens on Holy Thursday traditionally. For the past hundreds of years, the bishops have gathered with their priests of their diocese on Holy Thursday morning to bless the chrism oils in a liturgy called the chrism mass. Those oils are used for baptism, confirmation, and holy orders throughout the year. At that very special mass, the bishop also often washes the feet of the priests of his diocese in imitation of Jesus. Later that evening after sunset, because the Passover occurred after sunset. In everyone's parish, the pastor celebrates the liturgy of the Eucharist, and then the monstrance is processed out of the church to a place of repose. In our parish, we follow behind the monstrance inside the church as we walk down the aisles, and then we walk outside down the driveway into a teeny tiny little chapel where everyone who's gathered squeezes in for the three hours that we worship the Lord before the Eucharist is taken from us until the Easter Vigil. We are in these moments imitating Peter, James, and John as they accompany Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So that's what happens on Holy Thursday traditionally. Today we're going to read the Gospel of John about how Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and then really pray through it. So let's begin. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during the supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. 
And Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on, he reclined at table again and he said to them, do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I therefore, the master and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you also should do. This Gospel of John, unlike the other three Gospels, portrays Jesus as powerful, almighty, king, the second person of the Trinity and God incarnate. John really wants us to grasp the fact that Jesus is God. And the words of this gospel reflect the fact that Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew that his time had come. It was as if, it was as if he was giving his disciples a last will and testament kind of moment. John is asking us to really, really pay attention. These were his most important collaborators. His time was short. He was going to make every single moment count. And what did he do? He chose in all humility to wash their feet. So we're going to really try to pay attention here, to orient ourselves properly. Let's cast our thoughts and distractions aside. Let's really try to be very present to the Lord. Quiet our hearts. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So we're going to quiet ourselves really focus on who we're talking to in this moment. A spiritual director once told me that it's okay if it takes you the entire time you are praying to try to orient yourself and place yourself in the presence of God. Hopefully it won't take the whole morning. But I always find that prayers of praise help me to really orient myself. And since I miss the Mass so much, I thought maybe you could say with me, these words of praise to help us put ourselves in the right disposition to continue our meditation. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God Almighty, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let's turn our attention to the washing of the feet. Back in the day, when diners came to a person's house, it was a matter of hospitality to have their feet washed. And the washing of the feet fell to the lowliest servant in the house. It was a dirty job. Feet were grimy. They walked on the dusty streets all day. And the lowest servant of the house had to take his time wash those people's feet before they came for dinner. Now Jesus did something a little different. 
He washed the feet of his disciples after dinner. One commentator said that this was some intention, some reference to the priesthood that he hoped to, uh, to, to transmit to them. Another commentator said, and I like this one very much, that he wasn't only washing their feet. He was washing their souls in preparation for the first communion they were about to receive. Jesus is beginning to approach us. He's making his way through the disciples and he's coming in our direction. We know that Judas has already left and that his closest friends are there gathered around him. That includes us. How does that make me feel? Do I feel unworthy because I've had a pretty bad Lent? Do I feel good, privileged to be invited into the inner circle? Am I nervous or anxious? Can I turn myself over to him as he approaches me? He really wants to bless me. He wants to fill each nook and cranny of my soul with grace. He wants me to open up all those dirty, unwanted spots in my heart, those injuries, those hurts, those painful recesses, so that he can reach in and cleanse them and help me to celebrate an even more beautiful Easter Triduum. Am I willing to let that happen? Now, as we watch Jesus approach us, it's funny because each one of us reacts according to our own temperament, just like Peter did. Peter was so spontaneous and impulsive and extreme. All through the scriptures, his personality shines through, and this scripture passage is no different. First, he says, well, you're not going to wash my feet, understanding how Jesus was so incredibly humbling himself. And then when Jesus explains it's necessary, he says, okay, then wash my feet and my hands and everything. The other extreme. And Jesus very patiently explains that that's not necessary either, just the feet. The Lord knows us so well. We don't have to filter anything as he approaches us. We can be real. We can be ourselves. He loves us just the way we are, warts and all. So let's let him approach. Let's let him really touch our souls. This is the beginning of the most unusual triduum we've ever experienced. We need him more than ever. Let's invite him in. Now, the last point I'd like to draw on is when Jesus says, do you realize what I've done for you? Do we really realize what Jesus has done for us in these moments? The entire world is quarantined. There are so many blessings in this. I try to find those blessings every morning. I write a few things that I'm so grateful for. There's a beautiful pink tree blooming outside my office window. I'm allowed to see my grandchildren still, which is the hugest blessing. None of us have gotten sick yet. I'm so grateful for that. Do you realize what I've done for you? The Lord asks. There's so fewer distractions, so fewer attachments are possible. As we approach Easter, 
we have the potential to reach the Lord in a deeper way than ever before. Do you realize what I've done for you? Well, one thing the Lord has done for us in this particular gospel is set the model and example for us to help others. So that when we let him in and we allow him to cleanse us and really touch us with his intimacy, get into all those nooks and crannies of our soul, open ourselves completely vulnerably, he fills us with his love. And when we're filled with that love, we can't help but overflow it. From that experience, from that encounter with Christ, we serve others. We're almost compelled to. Well, what can we do when we're all isolated like this? I'm sure you've read as many as I have online, some many examples of wonderful initiatives, ingenious activities that people have undertaken. One that really struck me was a religious community in Chicago that donated some $66,000 to put up the homeless for some time in a hotel. So many examples of what people can do, what they have done to serve the Lord and to continue to be his mouthpiece. Maybe we're not called to something that's going to change vast numbers of souls in this moment. Maybe all we're called to do is smile at the woman in the grocery store and thank her for her service. Or walk six feet away from somebody on the park path and greet them with a smile. We won't know what we're called to do by Christ unless we let him in in these moments. Each of us has an unrepeatable mission and he's counting on us to imitate him here, to wash the other's feet. So let's ask him how we can do this. What we're gonna do is we're going to strive this triduum to encounter him putting aside all distractions, knowing him for who he really is. We are going to do our best to not put on a prayer face, to be authentic with him, to be completely vulnerable and let him in. We're gonna let him fill us with his love like never before. And then we're going to do what he asks us to do. I'd like to close this meditation with a prayer that my father always said. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, give us the grace to know your will and the strength to do it, amen.